Welcome. First podcast of 2020. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Very happy. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, happy beginning of a new decade. New decade. I didn't even say it's the Highfalutin Ski Bump podcast, but you should already know that. I mean, you subscribe or you clicked on us, or you clicked on our face or our logo, right? Yeah. You should know by now, but thank you so much if you didn't or if you did. Either way, thank you for listening. You can check us out, skibumpodcast.com. All of our info is on there. We have a, a pretty sweet shop there with some swag, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We are on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Podcast. We're also on YouTube and Pinterest. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting apps iTunes, Spotify, let's see the big one, Stitcher. So please go there, subscribe and rate us. That would really help us out. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening. 2020, man. Can't believe it. It's catching up. Yeah, it's been a it's been a little while since we actually podcasted. Last time was an early morning one with our friends at the Ski Podcast over in Europe. A uh, big thank you again to to Jim. We had a great conversation with him, and it was funny because we did it on a Saturday morning, which we never do. Like that, I think that was good. It was a lot of fun. It was great chatting with them, and uh, it was the end of the ski day for him and beginning of our morning for us. So it was kind of a cool time for everybody. Yeah, and then we really we haven't podcasted in two weeks now. But you know, I'm sure you all saw the posts that we put up. We put uh, the best of, and to our friends who we interviewed in November, December, we'll be honest. It was really just older podcasts that people may have missed that we put out. So. We're not trying to make people feel bad. We loved all of our interviews last year. We had some, I mean, great interviews. I I tell you what, um, I I was looking at our stats and the way everything had just ramped up towards the end of the year. I mean, everything was just up, up, up our downloads, our visits, our followers on everything. Like it's really starting to get into people's vernaculars into their, you know, skiers and boarders are starting to find it, which is really cool. And now that we're, we've been, meeting some a lot of new people have been getting these interviews and it's kind of changed the podcast a little bit which yeah. but i think it's for in, in a good way you know we've kind of tried to streamline the content a bit not ramble as much talk to some cool people get their point of views their stories what they're doing we're not interviewing Lindsay vaughn we're not interviewing like professional skiers like we're just finding people who are doing cool things in the industry and yeah. i think and I, I love that. Like I love hearing people's, you know, I feel like we're more kind of hearing people's they're closer to their origin story than they are kind of already in their successful limelight. You know, well, I, when you start talking to those people, you realize that it's everywhere around you. Like, you, you know, it's not just, um, you know, at the racing event that's happening, it's not just, and this is kind of something like we were even talking about with our podcast and where we come from, we're not, you know, part of the establishment necessarily. We're, we're, we're just, dudes that like to ski, you know, um, yeah, we're not Olympians. We're not, you know, former ski racers. We're just people who, who love the sport, who love being on the mountain, love skiing yeah. and everything about it. The lifestyle, apres. I love snow cats. I'm like a six year old, you know, but now like, we're finding people with the same kind of quirkiness as us. And it's like, it's cool because you realize it's, it's in the local ski area by you. It's in the big ski area that you visit you know, like it's everywhere. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. And there's so many people that are involved in the industry 
You know, again, whether it's someone who's working at the boot rental place or the guy making snow or the guy running the snow cat, you know, yeah. the race team, like there's, there's so many pieces of the puzzle to make everything work. And so many and, people know, have heard really cool stories. We had a very lucky and good time, like in the world. I mean, a great quality of life, there's prosperity going on. So there's a lot of people, you know, setting off on their own and, and doing things that they they chasing that dream, which you might not have if things were a little bit tighter, if, you know, people were unemployed. I mean, I, I think we're pretty fortunate in the world we live in right now. For sure. People opening businesses and you have the internet, you can start a business on the internet. You know, it's, it's, it's really kind of cool. You don't need someone's permission or validation or approval to do anything anymore. You know, right. like talking to, you know, some of the folks at that NASDAQ meeting, you know, they really, they cut their teeth. They had to earn getting a position, what they did when they got to it. And that's kind of why I felt like kind of an asshole. It's like, Oh yeah, we just started a podcast and yeah, but I mean, also but we too- appreciate what they've done. Like that's, that's a big deal for, for the industry. Like, you know, they set the groundwork for it, you know, oh, for sure. But we also, you know, when we started, this was not a good podcast. Let's be honest. You know, like we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have episodes one and two after that. It was, it was spot on. Yeah. The first, let's say, let's call it the first 10 to 20. We're a little bit rough, but you know, again, we didn't, we don't have a broadcast history. We don't have a writing history. We don't have any history. We don't have free interns. We don't have reverse paid interns. We have nothing. Dude. Yes. We have to talk about this early on still. So Nick, a big shout out to our buddy, Nick, who's out in Whistler right now on a whim. He said, you know what? We're going to Whistler. Kind of good Whistler. He sent us the best. It was a job posting, right? On Indeed. It's a a New York City internship, but it's a reverse internship. So what that means is you get the job. You're not making $15 an hour. You're paying the company you're working for $15 an hour for the privilege (laughs) of being there. I will tell you, has got my... uh, It's got the old cogs rolling in the brain that this could be our way to get some interns. More importantly, if you are looking for a reverse CFO role where you're willing to pay us $500,000 a year to be our CFO, please send us an email, skibonpodcast at gmail.com. We're collecting resumes and our inbox is getting overloaded. I I assure you, but please still feel free to send your resume, your information. Make us an offer. We'll see what we can do. Reverse CFO. Hashtag reverse CFO. Or reverse intern. That works too. That would be great as well. But again, thank you everyone for listening. Check us out. Subscribe. Big shout out to our sponsor too, Quickie Wax. They've been with us for a couple months. Thank you very much. Q-U-I-C-K-I-E-W-A-X.com. I'm sure you're hitting it hard all winter so far. Your sticks are getting a little bit dry. You need some Quickie Wax. Go check it out. They have four different temperatures. I waxed my skis last week with quickie wax that I'm taking to Italy. That's right. You're going to Italy. And which temperature did you use? So I looked at the, I I studied the weather very closely. I did the uh, weather underground to see like the projection for when I was going to be there. Um, And look at the wax. I went with the cold wax. Went with the cold. That's a solid choice. Yeah, because it was, it actually has a pretty good range of, if it goes a little bit over um, and the, it, then if it's way under. So 
Um, and the cold seemed to be the right choice. So we'll see when I, when I get out there. Um, Are you bring yeah. some with you? There's an iron in the hotel room. Joe's wax your skis in the hotel room. That's true. That's right? true. You know, I think it'll be sturdy enough to hold on. We'll see. We'll see. I think so. Yes. Yeah, so thank you so much, Quickie Wax, for your continued support. They are a local small business out in Colorado. They posted something on Instagram, them skiing through trees today. It was like kind a of trippy, cool. trippy video. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're truly living the ski bum dream out there. So check them out, quickiewax.com. And thank you for sponsoring us. Quicky Wax. With that, Mario, let's kick it off. It's time for our prey today. All right, after today, I, saw, I sent you a picture of what I made. Uh, basically, it's a gin gimlet. Gin gimlet. It's finished right now. So it's just kind of empty glass that I'm... You're gimless now. And this is... I had to remake one, you know, because you have the first one... It goes down pretty good. You have the second one and you're like, all right. And then I have the third and I'm like, I got, I got to get to sleep after this. So uh, it'll definitely help. It'll help. But yeah, all it is is uh, lime juice, gin, and I put club soda. There's different little recipes, but that's my ski bum recipe because I don't like anything too sweet. And I, I just got hooked on, if you look at the picture that I sent you, Brian, there's this lime juice that I found. Now, since I'm in Florida, I don't know if it's a Florida only thing. Uh, I got to believe they ship it other places, but it's this key lime juice. That oh, they have that everywhere. Yeah, I've seen that in the store. The Nelly Nelly and Joe's. Yeah, yeah. Bring key lime pie. That's what you you go with. Oh, so you use this in a gin gimlet? It is delicious. Mm-hmm. Gotta say, I used to like the fresh uh, lime in it, but I started using this one, and I tell you, it hits spot pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I never thought of of using that for a drink, but makes perfect sense. I wonder if you could put gin in a key lime pie. I mean, I guess you could. Yeah, you could you could put it in there. You might have to put a little gelatin because uh, the alcohol like the best best key lime pie recipes have gelatin usually. Yeah. Yeah. I've made it, made it a couple times, and Andrea makes a, a killer one with cream cheese instead of eggs. That's Ooh. it's kind of like a key lime jello shot, you know, is what you're making pretty much, yeah, in a pie form. So, yeah, we should, you know, what that could be a really good idea. Have like boozed up desserts, yeah. I mean, they, there's places that make them. <laughs> that's a stupid ass. Well, I, honestly, if you really want to like party at Preski and you want to stay kind of healthy, I think. Alcoholic salad dressing is the way to go. That's a good idea. Like a, it's a good like, idea. Like a gin raisin dressing or something like that, or a vodka, vodka, you know, kiwi marinade, you know, some Everclear balsamic vinaigrette. <laughs> that's it, man. Right? That's that's a good idea. Get a little, or you could like use like a cannabis oil. Well, now you're talking. Now you just put it into anything. I just had a salad. I don't know what happened. I'm high as fuck, man. I had a salad for lunch. Did you have that? I have the chicken wrap. That chicken wrap got me messed up. Yeah. It was just a chicken Caesar wrap. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Things got really weird about an hour later. That's right. So yeah. get, that's, that's when eating, eating good turns uh, gets real. Yeah. I think uh, this, I think the, the food cannabis industry is going to be blossoming in the next couple of years. But I think the, I don't know why people haven't put, more alcohol in desserts and dressings. 
Yeah. The dressings I could see. I don't know, Brian. Maybe because not everyone's a fucking alcoholic, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe could, that's that could be too. You know, that's another part of it. It's not that I'm trying to get hammered. I just want my salad to have a little more excitement. Well, you know, you know perfect marketing thing. It turns regular salad into vacation salad, right? It's like you're on vacation. Vacation salad. <laughs> <laughs> vacation salad always better than regular salad. Always better. It's like I'm on vacation. This is but great. They, they put what in here? <laughs> There's sunflower seeds. Unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah. So I've been so go back to the gimlet. I've been sticking to these because I tell you they soothe my stomach. Um, I've been. I don't know if I have like some kind of wheat or gluten allergy now with beer. Like sometimes oh, it just boy. runs through me. So uh, certain beers I stay away from now. And there's other ones like the heavy IPAs I could drink. Um, but sometimes it just don't agree with me. So I get a nice uh, nice cocktail. It works. You know. What if the folks at Natural Light are putting something in their spiked seltzers to make you allergic to beer? Ah, uh, who knows? I'm not allergic to the spiked seltzer. Exactly. But of now course I'm allergic not. to the beer. Maybe it's something they put in there. But it's not all beer. So I'm wondering if it's just certain types of beer. Like it's maybe appetite. it's a certain hops or something, or I don't know. You yeah. know? That's got to be. I think it soothes my stomach a little bit better. It's uh, just a little bit of lime juice and alcohol and seltzer. So kind of, kind of works out pretty good. Nice. Yeah. So it's like a gin, gin seltzer with a little lime in it. That could be the next booze big phenomenon, like canned version of that. Cool. So what do you got drinking there? Last week, I, I was on Instagram on new year's day. And I noticed that the good folks at the local brewery to me, the Carton Brewery in Atlantic Highlands, mm. were just going through a big release. And New Year's Day is one of those days where sometimes like a lot of stuff's closed New Year's Day, which I get. You yeah. know, a lot of people are off work. It's still annoying. Yeah, you, you never know. So I was on their Instagram and I saw that they were releasing some new stuff. They make a beer called regular coffee and nice. my sister-in-law that's like her one of her favorite beers and i was like hey is this the i, I thought it was because I, I was asked i'm like is it the milk stout is it this she's like no 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 it's regular coffee so i'm like hey is this the one you like she's like oh my god they actually have it my day turned into an impromptu brewery visit uh-huh. and they had released like five new beers that day wow and they're definitely making some weird stuff. So that regular coffee, it's supposed to take taste like a coffee with a cream and two sugars. And it's a, it's an ale, which is the mm. weirdest thing about it. And it, that's what it tastes like. It's unbelievable. It's really good. turns out they only brew it once a year, usually around the first for release January wow. 1st. So we got a four pack of that. It was awesome. They had another beer called Chekhov's gun, which was a quadruple ale aged in peach brandy barrels, which was a 15 percenter, which was delicious. And I I don't like Belgian beers at all. Mm. This was unbelievable. Really, really good. I'm just going on here. There's a few other ones. They have another one called Willet Waffle, which they brewed with almonds and butter and actual like waffle ingredients. Bananas. It was an imperial cream ale. Cream waffle ale. 
cre- it's it's such a weird beer. They could have completely ruined it, making it too sweet. It was so good. Nice. And then another beer. Now that those were all like the weird, funky ones. Then they came out with one that comparison wise seems very normal, but if any other brewery came out with it, it would seem really weird. It was called Cantaloupe Haze. Hmm. I tried this one as well. And this one, this is a, it's a double IPA, but it's brewed with cantaloupe and hemp seed oil. Hmm. Dude, this is fantastic. It's really smooth. It drinks way lighter than a double IPA. You get that little bit of cantaloupe and you get some weird, that weird flavor. And you're like, what exactly is that? And it's that hemp seed oil. It's really subtle, but you definitely get that, that unique taste profile to it. Wow. Drinks really smooth. I actually went back Saturday again to the brewery and got a full pint of this because it was so good. So I went there twice. I, I haven't been there in probably eight months and I went there twice in one week because these new beers they put out were so good. Look at you. Get yeah. In there. Crazy. Ooh. Yeah. So cantaloupe haze. This, this is fantastic. So great job. Martin. Again, a lot of funky stuff they're doing right now. A lot of, they have some funky sours they were doing. They had stuff with, um, what was the one? Was it like a watermelon juice? You ever heard of a Randall? It's like a, a device they use. It's uh, I think yeah. Dogfish had created it and it's an infuser. So they, they put it, they have the regular beer tap and it, there's a hose that goes into this device. It looks almost like a, I've seen that at the uh, at the beer festival. Oh, have you? When it's we like talking like, to the dogfish people. They were showing us. It was pretty cool. It's almost like two chambers there and an infuser. So the yeah. beer goes through there and it gets infused. So they had this. Um, it was like a watermelon sour that they were putting through the Randall and had grapes in there. So it was pulling the grape flavor out huh. of that. It was wow. so cool. It, yeah. So that's that's a thing that that dogfish head now. I guess pretty they cool. sell it to different breweries. The Randall for a different flavor injections or infusions it's pretty cool but yeah carton's making some really funky cool beers so i wish i would have bought that checkoff's gun but it was for a three pack it was like 60 bucks because again they're 15 percent, and it was three kind of tall bottles wow but i mean dude a 15 like and i had like the little sampler pours and i felt that one that was my last one on my of like five and i was like holy crap how am i gonna yeah. drive home that's like a dogfish 120 seriously right yeah oh, i told you that i found that at a place down here They're like yeah buy as many as you want Time's i'm like changed. well i want to clean them out they're like 10 bucks each though so i was like it's a pretty penny yeah i may have one of those tomorrow since uh day before going on uh, vacation there you go. Let it all hang out. Celebrate the end of the workday and just woo, just fly around, man. That's the last beer you're going to have in America. America. This decade of your life. I know. Right? America. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Last last American beer. Yeah. We'll see. I'll, I'll order an import over there, Budweiser or something. You should. Uh, you could bring over some natural lights there. Some, yeah. uh, some uh, Catalina wine mixers. Well, it was funny when, when Harry and I were in uh, Switzerland last year, we're looking at the beer menu at this one place and I'm like, holy shit, I never realized like an import is like they had Budweiser on there. I was like, that's an import to them. Like, it's weird. Like, take it for granted, right? Yeah, yeah take it for granted. Like, uh, you know, just because an import doesn't mean it's fancy beer. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's just an import. Let's put it that way. Yep. 
Yes, that was a kind of a long-winded description of this. That Our, sounds uh, delicious. Yeah, it's pretty tasty. So, Are they, did you buy cans of that? Yeah, it's got a uh, four pack of that one, a four pack of the regular coffee, and a four pack of the waffle. Nice. But that if you want it, they got people have to run down to the carton and get it, right? Oh, uh, they're they're sold out of the uh, the waffle and I think the coffee already. Damn, that waffle sounds good. It's really good. I uh, have a couple more cans, so I'll hang on to one for you so you get back. There you go. I'll get it to you. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's weird. It it should be gross, but it's not. Yeah, I wonder if you could have that with waffles at breakfast dude i got a waffle iron for christmas mm, you gotta try it out dude i've used it like eight times already yeah so i posted on instagram the first day i got it uh we had well andrea gave it to me christmas eve so we made them christmas eve morning and we used like she got like gluten-free flour huh which was gross it's one of those things like something tastes you gotta off. get that you get regular pancake mix and you mix it with the kodiak cakes mix it's delicious. Uh, well, let me tell you what I did. I found a paleo waffle recipe with almond flour. Oh, I've okay. made it four times. They are nice. so good. So the thing about it is you're, um, it, it is a little involved because you got to like separate your eggs and you got to use a beater to, uh, to beat the egg whites. All right. So you put the, uh, the sweetener. I used honey. You could, I think maple syrup might be even better. Maple syrup with your egg whites. Nice. And you uh, take almond butter and flat uh, and butter, and you warm them up on the stove in a in a little pan just to melt them together. And you got your almond flour, your salt, your baking powder. You mix the egg whites. You mix that stuff from the stove. Mix together a little vanilla, and it is unbelievable how good it is. It's just nice. like a perfect waffle recipe. Only problem is they don't get super crisp. Because I yeah, guess I like them crisp. Flour. You can put them in the toaster oven and, and toast them up to get them really crisp. But the flavor yeah. of these things is unreal. They're so freaking good. And they have that like like almond flour has that substance to it where you feel like you actually ate something substantial where like regular like white flour, you kind of feel like empty. Mm, yeah. They're, they're so freaking good. I love them. I'm, I don't care. I'm make them like every weekend. Nice. Well, Melanie, she, she'll make them for for Bodhi, you know, who's 13. So he eats a lot of waffles and pancakes and shit. So Waffle she'll go. Waffle. So she's like, I want to make some, some waffles. And I know if I don't want a waffle right now, that's fine. She's probably making enough for like a week. And then she chucks it in the fridge or the freezer and you just take it out. I throw it in the toaster oven. It's great. Do the same thing. Always double, triple batch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You chuck it in the freezer. It lasts for like a month, you know? Oh, I want waffles like, right now. <laughs> You should be making them right now on the podcast. Yeah, right. Podcast waffles. Dude, waffles. Waffles are the best. Mm, I love waffles. Waffles over pancakes. Definitely. Thousand percent every day. And the waffles, I like crispy. I like my bells and waffles crispy. I hear you. I'm with you there. Gotta have a little crunch. Oh, so good. Extra butter. Extra butter. Damn. I wonder if I get waffles on vacation. I'm gonna try. Uh, Why not? It's vacation, vacation waffles. That means it has alcohol, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, what? What's the vacation waffles? Is that waffles, Suzette. That's not a real thing. It is now. It is now. It's a, like uh, is the, that's the crepe when they use the um, is it Grand Marnier and butter? Oh, is it how nice. crepe that is? I thought that was oh, my crepe terminology is not very sharp. Uh, how you're just not highfalutin enough if you're not. 
I know. I'm, I'm not French. I'm, I'm, if, you, if you translate it to pancake speak, what's that say? The crepe game is weak, son. Yeah, weak crepe game. That's because that's I'm a waffle man. You're a fancy international traveler. You're going to Italy skiing in a couple days. Like you should, you should, your crepe game should be a little stronger. Oh, you know, we should go to Belgium. Yeah, just waffle, waffle city. You ski in Belgium? I don't know, but you can eat waffles like crazy. You can't. Why would you bother going? Well, that's right. You could eat and then go skiing somewhere else. Netherlands, they're all like underwater there. There's like high elevation is like 75 feet. Oh, why would you damn. go there? Why would you go there? Sorry, Netherlands. We love you. Let's get into the Genjula. Mario, you found this story and I saw something similar. This- yeah, because I guess... Uh- Illinois went online for selling marijuana like what two weeks ago, last week, something like that. First, January first, January first. So that's why this, you know, you're seeing a lot of this come out. But they're saying on the first day in Illinois, they sold 3.2 million dollars worth of legal marijuana was wow. sold, and they're saying that was the first day uh, the drug could legally be purchased for recreational use in the state, as the law went into effect uh, that could clear the the. Records of hundreds of thousands of people with arrest records. Wouldn't it be so funny if like the gun violence dropped by like 70% now because of this? Yeah. And it's just so funny that they say the drug. It's a plant. So, That's, you know, right. What's like, interesting you're though, not, so... You're not, reading, you're not going to Starbucks's, uh, they're not having their stockholder meeting and be like, the drug we sold, which caffeine is a drug. All you people think you're so uh, high and mighty. Caffeine is a drug. It's a it's a low level stimulant. But yeah, you you're not hearing them go. Thirty percent of our profit profit came from that drug we sold. It's it's so. What's really interesting with this is, as part of this law going into effect, the Illinois governor pardoned over eleven thousand people with prior marijuana convictions as part of the new law, and over seven hundred thousand people who have been arrested because of the drug could have those records forgiven as well. So isn't that wild? You know, expunge records and stuff like that. Like, Yeah. And that's what I know the issues they're having in Jersey and New York, getting it legalized is trying to figure out who they're going to expunge. Right. And what, what really sucks is that you're just some kid who has a little bit of weed on you. And forced decriminalized, right? Forced to criminalize and a cop pulls you over, busts you for that. And now you're in the system. Now you've got a record. Now you, they've pretty much screwed you for life. And then, okay, well, because once you, they, they always say, once, once you get a felony, that's it. You're, you got to report it on everything. Once you're in the system, that's what leads to the other, the next level of crimes. It's not because yeah. of the weed. They just want to use that as an excuse as to, to get you arrested in the first place. And then it just becomes, yeah, like a, almost like a, uh, like a leveling up after that. Yeah, it's, it's it's really it's such a, a also you get into the system as it limits your options for getting certain jobs or career or, or lifestyle, you know, and it's, oh, yeah. it's sad, you know, and it's just a plant. Yeah, like it's it's infuriating and it's it's really messed up how long it's taken them to to write this. And it's still certain places are uh, are still way behind the curve on this. But it's good that. A, but I like the way they did it. They pardon people and freaking clear records. I'm like, that's great. It's like, it never happened. You know, that's the least they could do. Yeah. I mean, it does suck what's already happened to these people. And you know, again, being stuck, whatever they're doing in the system, you know, in jail, you know, with a record. Um, and again, 
that's that's kind of like the that's what the gateway drug is. It's not because you're going to start taking heroin next. It's because it's going to force you to do the next level of crime because you can't get a job because you have a record. Yeah. Hey, it's going to make going to Chicago a lot better. Let's put it that way. I'm seeing Malort sales dropping. Malort <laughs> sales and gun violence dropping. Malort might go up. You never know. Actually, <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? With the whole like uh, the Malort board, they're like, we have serious problems here. People aren't getting blindly drunk on our terrible liquor anymore. I don't think anybody's getting blindly drunk on that stuff. Let's put that way. <laughs> but Is they're there... saying it could fetch between $2 billion and $4 billion in annual sales wow. in Illinois. That's pretty crazy. I saw that. I think it was Wednesday. They were showing the news. It's been like $10 million in sales already. Wow. Yeah. After like less than a week. Hmm. Yeah, it's never going to stop because the states and the government's getting their money. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. People change their tune pretty quickly when they start seeing the money rolling in. Yeah. All these oh, high and mighty politicians being yeah. like, oh, no, on my watch, we're not going to have this legalized. It's like, yeah. wait a minute, what is doing? What's the budget? <gasps> oh. Yeah. You mean I got to tell the taxpayers they're going to get like a 6% hike on their income, state income tax? Really? Um, yeah, we got to keep the marijuana. I thought we legalize it. Yeah, let's legalize it. I can get a, a bidet put in in my private jet. Okay, well, let's keep it legal then. Let's keep it legal. Yeah. So, good for you, Illinois. Other states that became up. I know New York is looking to legalize it this year. Yeah, it pisses me off about New York, New Jersey. You're going to get me on a roll because, you know, I'm going to just say it and it's going to piss you off and we're going to just keep going because you know what it is. I want to hear They're it. They're because- just such a bunch of fucking idiots. They, they, they've they been talking about it for how long? They're going to be talking about it in another two or three years. And everybody's like, oh, it's coming next year. It's coming next year. Elect me. It's coming next year. It's coming next year. It doesn't even matter if you voted in. They're going to they're gonna dick around with putting it in. You know 100%. that. percent. Yep. Pissing me off. thousand percent. I'm with Pissing you, man. Yep. Mm. Playing the the classic corrupt politician game. Isn't it one state that I've read that they're actually thinking about pulling it back to illegal after it's voted legal or something like that? They want to make it barely legal. Barely legal. <laughs> There's a video like that. Barely legal. <laughs> they're like, we want to make it more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we want to make it more like that channel I watch all the time. Barely legal. legal. It's not illegal. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about here? We, we're talking about stay on marijuana, right? We are. 100% marijuana. We're going to have barely legal marijuana. <laughs> barely legal. Hey, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, name for like a um, marijuana company. Barely right. legal. Yeah, we're barely legal here. Barely legal buds. Yep. Let's go to Ski News. So there's been some, you know, we're starting to get into the towards the peak of ski and snowboard season and we always get these sort of unfortunate events that kind of clump together once you get these big dumpings happening and our buddy nick sent us a story out at silver mountain in idaho how there were two skiers killed and five rescued after a inbound avalanche and Mm. there was an update to that story And it looks like there was a third skier that was actually killed in the avalanche. And they're finally reopening the mountain Friday. Um, Yeah. Which, yeah, it's, it's horrible when you you hear about stuff like that. So yeah, they were 
They said originally the two skiers had died and five were rescued after an avalanche swept down two inbounds ski runs on Wardner Park at Silver Mountain on Tuesday. Much of the search and rescue was completed by the afternoon. And they found that third additional person buried that evening who was transported and then later died. Um, They had about 13 inches of snow uh, in one clip, which was pretty big for them. And then, you know, but they said avalanche like threat was high, right? They did. Yeah. So again, you got to know where you're going. And you know, everyone's excited for it. You know, when, when this, these big hits happen, everyone, you know, wants to get out there. Uh, the people to get to that part of it, you have to ski a traverse run and then hike a few hundred yards from a chairlift to get to the top of the nearly vertical 6,200 feet peak. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's a couple of runs in there. The peak had been opened for less than an hour before the avalanche swept up at least five skiers and buried them. Wow. Skiers coming off the mountain in the afternoon who heard about the avalanche said they weren't privy to any warnings or guidelines about potential avalanche conditions around the mountain, but the Idaho Panhandle Avalanche Center issued an avalanche warning Tuesday morning for the Silver Valley region, citing high risk due to rapid loading with new snow and wind slabs over the buried, persistent weak layers. The center advised against travel in the avalanche terrain. Hmm. See, this is what's unfortunate, is that there's there's probably a disconnect in communication there where, you know, the, uh, the avalanche center is issuing the warning, but are those folks getting it? And how would they get it? Do they have to be... Is it posted on a sign? Is it... Or are they looking for it? Like, that's, you know, I mean, I don't know. I feel yeah. bad for them, but they, you got to you gotta really be careful. And just knowing that, again, it's a, you've got a hard base and then new snow on top of it. That's always a recipe for disaster. Mm. But again, it's everyone who's starving for powder. When you hear that, we're getting... There's a foot of snow out there. First thing you want to do is get out there and ride it or ski it. So... It's um, uh, it's it's it really it sucks because again it's what you want, but it's not, it's just not the right time to get it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, crazy. It's really unfortunate, especially inbounds is always really scary too. Yeah, that's pretty scary inbounds. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so another uh, disaster at a at, so Montana snowball. Uh, they had a skier evacuated when the chair was ripped from a cable. So um, this was just this past well, last Thursday. Um, so on Wednesday, uh, yeah. So on Wednesday, there was a. They said a lot of people didn't have to be evacuated from the Lavelle chairlift. Um, but they said it was a fixed grip chair had come around the bullwheel after uploading two skiers when it caught on part of the lift and tore away from the cable. So, um, an unreported number of skiers, some of them in chairs is 30 feet high off the ground had to be evacuated uh, by ropes and harnesses, which we've heard about before. Um, 
But yeah, the portion of the cable was frayed and the chair got mangled. So uh, that's pretty crazy. So they're saying a similar incident occurred in uh, 2011 when a double seat chair uh, struck a lift operator in the loading zone, causing the chair to swing off the same lift cable and land in the snow. So I don't know if that lift is cursed or what's going on with it, but... Yeah, right. If you're at the uh, Montana Snowboy, you might want to avoid the Lavelle chairlift. Yeah, that thing sounds dangerous. Yeah, it sounds uh, not up to code there. Yeah, they may need to get a new one. I think after this uh, insurance fiasco, they're going to be looking at that. Yeah, seriously. Oof. Yeah, so that's the bad news of what's going on. If you're going out there, you know... Uh, and there's a big dumping, be careful, follow the, um, you know, do your research, talk to the guides, follow the instructions. I know we love powder. Powder is awesome. Snow is awesome, but it's not worth it for, for one shot and having it being over after that, you know, let's play the long game here. People do your research, pay attention. You know, there's make sure it's, it's going to be safe. if You're going to go out there. Yeah. Now, what do we get next? Next up, our pal Lindsay Vaughn. She has earned a stake in a Swedish goggle company. Would it be called Unique? Unique. 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 Y N I Q. So, Snow Industry News announced that Lindsay Vaughn became an ambassador for the Swedish goggle manufacturer Unique. And she appeared in a YouTube video published by Snow Magazine just one week before Christmas. When speaking of the recent acquisition of Vaughn as their brand's new ambassador, the founder said, we are proud to have the number one female skier in the sport, Lindsay Vaughn, joining our group of owners. Unique stands for a relentless aim for perfection, functionality, and handcrafted quality in a world of mass production. And Lindsay is an outstanding champion with a dedication and passion for the sport and an impeccable style that is a complete match with ours. Hmm. Boy, is that right? Boy, is that right. Um, I saw the video and I was like, well, it was very commercially. So it was kind of, it wasn't really a statement. It was like a statement, but a commercial at the same time. So. Yeah, I was not um, impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be negative, but I'm also an asshole, so I'll just say what's on my mind. <laughs> These goggles are very funky. I gotta admit. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no edge on them, which is good, uh, but they're just very big, right? They're like super Dude, gigantic. Well, I have some pretty big goggles and I got to tell you, man, I love them. Like the, the yeah. field of view is huge on them, which is really nice. Yeah. I mean, they look cool. I mean, you, you got to see them up close. It's hard to tell from an ad or, or something too. I don't so. think I've ever seen these goggles or at least remembered seeing them in the real world. I don't know if they're, are they brand new brand? I don't know. They have one pair. Now, I don't know what a euro is. It it's it could be. I, I don't know what the trends. You know the. Uh, it's close to even at par with uh, the U.S. Oh, you obviously were doing some research because you're going to be using euros next week. I got I got a whole bunch of euros that I'm bringing with me. I might trade in some. See, I might do a swap of 
um, Swiss francs into euros because I still have some Swiss francs left, which I don't know why I didn't trade him in. Look I think I just hold on to him because I'll probably be back to Switzerland, you know, one of these days. So you're a Swiss bank kind of guy checking out your uh, exactly funds. I go every once in a while, you know. They have one pair called the nine in black gold, which is 540 euro. God damn. That is euro, right? It's not like a Swedish kroner thing. It looks like um, the euro symbol. Yeah, I think is Sweden on the euro? They must. No, I don't think they are. No? Actually, maybe they are. I know Norway is not. They have their own kroner. Babe, these are 540 euro. Damn. Not cheap. And they're made in Italy. Well, there you go. Now, Swedish is the krona, but... But I don't think this this pricing is in... This looks like euros. So if I were an American, how would I buy these if I wanted to? You got to go to Sweden to trade in your American cash for kronas. America. America. I wonder if they have any distribution in America. Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually looking and they're saying that they usually don't accept uh, euros in Sweden either. Oh. Huh. This is like some uh, renegade-ass company here then. What the hell, man? What's so a renegade? one Swedish krona is equivalent to 0.11 United States dollar. Mm. So let's see, one dollar... <laughs> Is nine point four eight kronas. So how many kronas did they say that was? Well, I think it's euros. It's five hundred and forty euros. Oh, all right. Let's translate that into euros. All right. So yeah, what is a dollar at? So one dollar is worth ninety euro cents. So the euro is a little bit heavier than the dollar. So if it's four hundred and two euros, you're talking like four hundred and fifty bucks, pretty much. Yeah, four forty six. Yeah, about four fifty. All right. So if I want to buy these one in white turtle goggles, how would I even do it? Their freaking website says twenty nineteen. You try to purchase something. I, I I don't even know how to get these if I wanted them. Not that you got to write to our pal Lindsay Vaughn and ask her how can we get our hands on these. Lindsay, send us a few pairs. Try them out. Come on, killing yeah, us here. Come on, killing us. Killing us here. They're having they have share on Google Plus on their website. This hmm. like I'm I'm embarrassed for them. I'm embarrassed Isn't for Lindsay. Google Plus like gone all. It's been gone for like a year. Damn, is this a fake story? <laughs> this is not even this is not even possibly real. <laughs> this is not possible. Dude, do you know how many people in Sweden look like Lindsay Vaughn? Like you know how you buy percent of them. You go to the Instagram ad and you purchase it, and it takes five weeks to get here because it comes from China. <laughs> These are apparently made in Italy. Allegedly. Allegedly. A little Italy, China. 
I'm going to see if they're in Italy. I'll be like, yo, bada bing, bada bang. What are these Pick freaking goggles at? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the, the gabagool, some ziti, and I'll take some goggles. <laughs> uh, that's day one. When I get to embarrass <laughs> the girl I'm traveling with. Hey, I'm going to get her some gabagool. Give me a little mutz over there. Me... <laughs> How about a ganoli? You got a ganoli? Beautiful. How about a sandwich? <laughs> I want a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'll get the shit beat out of me day one so what did it get out of your system i never saw a guy get beat that bad <laughs> day one <laughs> all right what else we got next all right next up noah long duration winter snowstorm system will be hitting the utah area damn so they're getting some Big snow out in the Cottonwood Canyon there. Up to 29 inches expected <coughs> for Alta through next week. Damn. So a it's lot. just going to keep snowing is pretty much what's going to happen into Sunday. We're recording this on Thursday. So pretty much Thursday through Sunday. It's going to be, you know, three inches Better. here, seven inches, five inches, eight inches. Better inches. load up on your supplies if you're out there. Pretty much just going to pile up. So they got great snow coming to Alta and Snowbird. Everyone else, look at a little bit, but that's the, uh, it's like powder and snow basin are going to do pretty well. But like usual, Alta and Snowbird are the big winners. Wow. And there is one more story in the ski news and it kind of rolls perfectly into and out of that story. And it's from 5280 magazine, which is a Denver magazine. And the article is, does Colorado or Utah have better snow? And it's an interesting question. Now we've both skied in both places. Well, and this is where you got to, you know, draw the, what are you using to measure, right? Yes. It's not amenities. It's not terrain. It's not weather necessarily. It's, it's the snow quality on the mountains. And what's cool is that they actually talked to the university of Utah professor of atmospheric science, Jim Steenberg. And he he checks with, uh, with, uh, with that position. Yeah. Right. And he, he actually wrote a book called the secrets of the greatest snow on earth, which dissects the science behind Utah's abundant power or powder Alta and snowbird get more snow than any resort in Colorado and have more deep powder days. Hmm. And he coined the term Goldilocks storms for storms, typical of Utah's Wasatch mountains, using just the right amount of powder for a perfect bottomless float experience. Not too little and not too much. Goldilocks. He said, if you're talking purely scientifically, defining the best snow as the deepest and lightest powder, it usually goes to Utah's Little Cottonwood Canyon. The snow in Utah and Colorado is roughly the same quality. Little Cottonwood is closer to the moisture source at the Pacific Ocean, so it can pull out a little more, but every storm is different. Well, they did have a quote in here from... Colorado, they said they fired back saying that because of the high quality in Steamboat, they actually trademarked champagne powder. Because uh, it's so fluffy and good quality. 
they have a trademark, so that obviously means they're better. Who knows? Who knows? You know, Didn't Snapple have a trademark, the best stuff on earth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure some fast food company had like the healthiest thing. You know, weren't cigarettes were you know billed as the healthiest things for you at one point? Three out of four doc does. That's right. <laughs> approve our uh, recommend Lucky Strikes. <laughs> It'll help your asthma, kid. Yeah. There is uh, open snow forecasters use what they call Z ratings as their go-to for data. And the site ranks North American resorts for best snow based on average winter snowfall, elevation, vertical percentage of days with more than six inches of powder and monthly snow depth. Alta is ranked number one, averaging 517 inches every winter. Snowbird is second with 497. Colorado only has one spot in the top 10. Wolf Creek at number seven with 387 inches. Winter Park is at 11, Loveland at 12, and Vale at 14. Hmm. I mean, reading this, I, I, I like all the quotes and I like what people are giving and figures and stuff. And I'm like, you know where you're going to say the best snow is? Where you've had the best experience. So Exactly. <laughs> really depends on the day you had when you went to that place and then you'll be able to tell what your favorite was, you know, what your best condition was. I, I guess if you're planning a trip, that's why they're they're doing stuff like this to say, hey, we have the best snow, so you should come out to Utah or to Colorado, you know. But um Yeah, it's uh and then the the kind of rebuttal from that from Colorado is that well we have higher elevations which means we get more snow and longer seasons. You know, Loveland saying that we, you know, open in October and we stay open until June. Also so, means you can't breathe. Also means you can't breathe. And then they talk about the traffic on I-70. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm leaning to Utah personally, but you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not going either way. Yeah. Yeah, based on these metrics here, you know, Alta, Snowbird, Brighton is number three, then Powder King in BC, Grand Targhee, Solitude, Wolf Creek, Mount Baker, Kirkwood, Alieska. Those are the top 10. Alieska is that high, huh? Alieska. Yep. Well, it is Alaska. It is Alaska. That is true. Very cool. Yeah. So it's interesting. So, you know, there's never going to be a true conclusion to this battle. Oh yeah. Jackson hole is ranked 29th in this list and Revelstoke is ranked 30th. So I, I don't know if this criteria, if it really defines the best of the best. It's a nice criteria to have, and and maybe you could say there's better quality snow in one state or another, which would be nice to know. Doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed that when you go visit. Yes, and right. it's one of those things where it's it's almost like. Did you ever use eHarmony? Yes. And you know how they're like, hey, we've done all these tests and calculations. And based on our calculations, these are the people who you should be dating. You know, so they they have all this science behind it. And I think all the science is going to truly lead to the best result. 
when a lot of times it can't. Right. They could have no science and you wouldn't know if there was science behind it. And it would probably have the same outcome if there was science or not science, honestly. So basically these Z ratings are the e-harmony of skiing. That, yeah, there you go. It's the e-harmony rating. In theory, in a perfect world with all of our metrics, this is the way to do it. We but should create an app that matches you with the perfect ski area. How about there that? You go. Based on what you like to do, the amount of skiing you like to do. You're getting ready to plan a trip for next year. Put in your top priorities and we'll have this algorithm, this proprietary high flute and ski bum algorithm that runs through and tells you the, the place that you should go. We'll call it Ski Harmony. Ski Harmony. That's right. Ski Harmony. Ski Harmony. What go. we do is we program it to tell everybody to go to where we're not going so that we get a nice empty mountain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Brilliant. <laughs> So we'll have the link to all this stuff in the show notes if you want to take a look. And, you know, if you have any suggestions, recommendations, beliefs, again, I know all our Colorado friends are going to say Colorado. All of our Utah friends are going to say Utah. I love both of them. I do love the easy access to things in Utah. Now, yeah. If you're in Salt Lake City, you have kind of that whole crescent of mountain ranges you can choose. Um, but I like the Colorado lifestyle better. So Telluride was a fun place. Telluride was Mm-mm. kind of the best of both worlds, but yeah. Great Telluride and Silverton. Those are uh What if you move Telluride to Utah? Can you imagine a, that they just pick up the city and move it. Just move it. Well that actually uh could go into our our uh one of our under the rope stories. Yeah. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. But that wraps up the ski news. So into our main topic, we had a wonderful interview with our friend Nelly, who you can find on Instagram at peanut butter Nelly time. Peanut butter Nelly time. Yeah. yeah. And time has an extra E at the end. So it's like timey. Timey. Peanut butter Nelly timey. She is working with a group called Winter for Kids, and they are doing some really cool work bringing youth groups and getting them on the mountains for the first time, getting them skiing. They're having a really cool event that's coming up on Valentine's Day, February 14th, next month. And she's going to talk about that and share some of her experiences. So hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is. Our friend Nelly. Officially, we've been kind of like following each other in the the ether interworld for a while. Ski realm, (laughs) ski realm, that large New Jersey ski realm, which actually there's booming. (laughs) There is actually a pretty. It's it's weird. Once you kind of tap into it, you find out how many people. Like there actually are a lot of people all over the place that have a you know serious ski lives and and ski lifestyles in this state, which is pretty crazy. But we finally met in person. Thanks to our buddy, Derek at uh, the Warren Miller event in Morristown. So Nelly, AKA peanut butter, Nelly time. Welcome to the podcast. And thank you for joining us. No worries guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. uh, We've been kind of trying to get this going for the the last couple of weeks and we finally made it happen. You are our first interview of 2020. So the honor could not be greater or more tangible. (laughs) 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 They're they're doing the, uh, the whoop whoop for you. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you for joining us. And now you are currently working for a great organization, um, Winter for Kids. Do you want to give us a little more information about um, what they're doing and what you're doing with them? Yeah, absolutely. So Winter for Kids is located at the, well, it used to be Hidden Valley. That's still like the cultural icon for a lot of New Jersey, but it's gone down new road. Um, So we are a completely nonprofit organization fully focused on getting kids on snow specifically with a focus on youth who wouldn't really traditionally have access, be it for economic reasons, social reasons, just geographical limitations, pretty much anything. Um, That's kind of what we're here for. So I realized late in the game that I was super privileged going up. So I was one of those kids who was on skates at two and a half years old. And I thought that was super normal until I got to college and most people I went to school with in Vermont weren't skiers. Wow. It's like, wow. So just being able to get out there and give people even like a little bit of the same opportunities that I really took for granted is super rewarding so far. Um, like I was on snow on Wednesday with this group from Jersey City, high school kids. I've never been on skis before, never really set foot on the mountain before. Wow. And like just feeling the excitement when they're stepping off the bus, I'm like, whoa, the snow's like super clean. And we're like blowing because you know how the winter's been here. Like, mm-hmm. if we have an option to blow, we're blowing. We're like, you guys are making the snow just for us. We're like, honestly, <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it, it's super cool. It's a really, really cool organization. So, how do kids get involved with the program? Um, So the way we work is that we partner directly with youth serving organizations, be it schools, YMCA's, like Boys and Girls Clubs. Um, So it's not like you can sign up just directly through us to come. It does need to be like a partnership sort of thing. Right. We are always looking to partner with new organizations. Our relationship with like the YMCA system specifically is really strong. Um, a lot of public schools like Patterson Public Schools, Newark Public Schools, we have a really strong relationship with. So we get a lot of their kids out here. Um, but basically just reaching out to youth organizations in your area. If we don't have something set up with them, we would love to work on that. <laughs> That's really cool. So now is it possible to just go there and ski or do you have to be with an organization and kind of get uh, everything arranged ahead of time through you? Yeah, that's kind of the the really common question. It is there's really no such thing as drop ins and there's no such thing. There's no adults on the snow at all unless you're directly teaching the um, it's not a public ski area anymore. It's completely okay. dedicated two kids getting on snow we like to sort of refer to it i know it sounds hokey but it's like a sacred place for kids like it's their mountain no one else is out there getting in their way like taking up their space taking up their time that's it's pretty like, amazing it's just kids uh, who are supposed to be there wow well that's pretty amazing because hidden valley used it used to be hidden valley right yes and i used to live up in vernon and i remember that was wasn't it a private resort at one point or a club resort I think it might have been like very early on in its incarnations. Right. And then it was, uh, and then all of a sudden it just 
that got bought and they did this program with it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I know it was defunct for a couple of years and I was just kind of sitting there. It's like, I'm not going to say free real estate, very expensive real estate, but the opportunity to have something like this so close to especially like the New York metro area where there are enormous amounts of kids who are like geographically pretty close to mountains, but really don't have the access to it because no one in the city has cars and getting to all these places like super hard. So it was just kind of a really huge opportunity that I'm happy someone was able to take. Yeah, that is, it is amazing. And you know, you kind of mentioned how it is just, just for kids. And that's something, I mean, I couldn't imagine your veil being like, you know what, we're shutting down this is <laughs> yeah. just for kids now, you know, like or any of those big places. Cause that's to me, the most unfortunate thing about the ski industry is that whenever you think about it, you think of a rich guy in veil, you know, driving his BMW to the snow and skiing and staying at the four seasons. Like that's what a lot of people think of skiing. And, yeah. and I think most of us who love the sport and really, you know, try to be ambassadors for it. I think we see a completely different picture of it. And it's kind of, it's hard to, to change people's opinions because that seems to be the lifestyle that all these places are trying to sell. Whenever you see commercials, it's always, you know, or movies, it's always like the fancy rich jerk skier, you know, it's never, it's, it's got like a weird cachet, like glamour sort of aspect to it or perceived glamour, I guess, or manufactured or whatever. Like, like you guys are saying, it's not what most of us really live when we're out there. Like you guys are the ski bum podcast. We all know the grungy ski bum life, like not above sleeping in my car. If I have to get first tracks. Right. And you're not hearing that. That's not, that's not the, the normal story. Like that's the story that we know, but it's always like, Oh yeah. People going out to Aspen. Um, my wife does the, uh, like, uh, uh, beach body fitness programs and one of the moves was like a like a skiing move and the, the instructor's like yeah now you can go out to aspen and go skiing you know because again <laughs> that's what everybody thinks yeah. and uh, you know and again like you, you don't hear about unless you're watching a lot of like old war and Nolan movies the guy who's building the uh his own like homemade rope toe in his yeah, exactly powered by like a lawnmower mower like up exactly. his backyard <laughs> Yeah. Yes, like people do that. Those those are the real skiers. You know, those people yeah. not the Christmas week out in you know Deer Valley. Those aren't. Yeah, the- no, it's like the people like the true level of the sport. People are going to get out on like this Saturday when it's sixty degrees and raining because it's your only day off and you got to go shred. Yeah. One of my favorite days skiing ever was when I got frostbite up at Killington. <laughs> it was March and I got frostbite and it was like one of the best days ever because I'm like, his toe is falling off. He's like, oh, it's fine. It, having a great Day more room in my boot. Yeah, they did fit much nicer when the foot and the toe fell off. I will tell you. There you go. You don't have the toe bang anymore. Yeah, we didn't lose the toe, but again, it was it was March, and you know everyone's starting to kind of the the less hardcore are starting to dial back their skiing in March. I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, it's and that's be when 70. it's getting good, right? And I'm thinking to myself, it's going to be 70 degrees in a couple of weeks. I better get, stay out here as long as I can. And yeah. no one was out there. The snow was great. I got frostbite and I loved, I think about that day so fondly. It was such a great day because again, we're real skiers. We're not the, uh, these fake posers and it's cool. An organization like this is kind of showing kids like this is not, you don't have to be these rich affluent people to enjoy this sport. The sport is for everybody. And it right. is a 
And it is amazing. But there is that stigma, like you, you know, so like you were saying, you just mentioned to somebody, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going skiing. They're like, wow, Mm -hmm. wow. Mr. Rockefeller over there. (laughs) Yeah. Going skiing. Hmm." No, and like one of the things I think is really cool is the way the actual like instructing program is laid out. So we have like, they're all local people teaching these kids how to ski five days a week. And for the most part, it's like, um, for that, not really. It is like actual work positions. Um, but it's people, a lot of like retired people who are doing it because they want to share their love of the sport. And like, you can tell that watching them interact with these kids, like the patience, the enthusiasm, like. And not even just the instructors, like the guys operating the magic carpets, the groomers, the snowmakers, everybody who's on snow with these kids is like cheering them on, super stoked to watch people like doing what they love. Because obviously we work at a ski area, like we're all there because we like skiing. And everyone's like genuinely excited every single day to see kids getting it or at least getting outside and like trying. Yeah. And that's cool because you see these people who are obviously if you're working there, you love the sport. And again, you're not trying to show off and do triple backflips. It's just getting people to love a sport that you love too. And you well, know, now, Brian, kind of, if you start teaching out there, you'll be teaching triple backflips day one. Well, listen, I'm still, I'm still <laughs> trying to do a normal backflip. That's kind of my 2020 goal. My little <laughs> delusional old man goal. That'll but be the ski, ski, ski straight, like scared straight. Like, here's the shit you don't want to do, kids. You know, you, yeah, you don't want to do this. Try don't this do this. Back. You'll die. It's, it's the highly paralyzed ski bomb podcast. If it doesn't right. go well, you know, like <laughs> as long keep... as you can talk, you'll be okay. That's yeah. true, right? I'll just yeah have my little feeding tube and I can talk. But uh, no, but like the voice box would be. Good. But I'm sh- I'm sure like you're saying the people on the mountain who are you know work, working the magic carpet, the, the groomers, the snowmaking, they're probably seeing in these kids those same feelings, those same emotions that bring them back to their childhood or when yeah, they like learn the to first ski. time you get on skis and like not even kids. A lot of people I know learn to ski as like adults or young adults, which is something I have massive amounts of respect for. Well, it's kind of like, I don't know if you yeah. ever heard of one of our, our older podcasts we talked about, you know, people asked us like, well, how did you guys get into it? And I really didn't. I mean, Mario, you skied, you started in college, right? Like starting college at 18, it cost me, I didn't have a pot to piss in, but it cost me like 80 bucks for a season pass and 80 bucks for season rental. So that was it. That was hooked. Okay, yeah, you're in. And then Something I, to do in the cold weather of Buffalo, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then I, like, I didn't, I mean, I did it a couple times, ski trips in school. My parents, they did it when they were before my sister and I came around and they kind of blame us for like not being able to do anything anymore. Like, Sure. I love my parents, but they were those kind of parents. Like, oh, we can't do yeah. anything because this you, is all your fault, kids. <laughs> you meddling kids ruined everything for us. You know, could have been in Aspen yeah. every year, living it up, champagne, yeah. champagne, right. champagne. with my beach body. Before <laughs> you, it was amazing. That kind of thing. So I did it a couple times, and then, and then you came along. <laughs> and then actually, I went with Mario. We went out on a uh, Tahoe, a, a trip to Tahoe, and I was thirty, and I was like, oh my god, like this is why He's people such love such a little baby. I just fell in love with everything about because I got to see 
you know, again, the real, the real sport, what people really get out of it, the whole lifestyle of it. And I just, yeah. I was addicted and I fell in love with it That's and awesome. I just couldn't get, a, get away from it. So I started a stupid podcast five years ago. That's how much we there loved we doing this and loved skiing. So yeah, yeah. no, that's like, I now guess we're I talking was, to you. Look at this. I was the third option. So I was the kid who was like two and a half. My dad took a couple of years off when I was born. He's like, she can walk. It's time. I'm nice. sick of not doing this. So we're like the kids out there in jeans, like skiing down our backyard on little stubby skis. That's nice. And like, I guess we kind of got the back door into kind of the original ski bum lifestyle. So I don't know if you guys know Mount Peter. Yeah. But well, that was, was like our family to, uh, mountain. <laughs> oh, really? I was just talking to Rich from All About Apre and he was oh, awesome. He was just there last week. And uh, I wanted to take our little guy because he's two and a half last weekend. But with the rain, I'm like, you know what? I'll wait yeah. for better. I was weather. there yesterday. It's not bad. Oh, really? Yeah, it was there last night. Like I raced there in high school. My dad learned to ski there. My grandma was on the ski patrol. Like oh, nice. awesome. old school Mount Peter family. <laughs> nice. That's pretty neat. Yeah, and everyone I've talked to has said that that is the place to go to to learn. With so, little kids, it's great because you can, like, if you get bored, you can lap it in. You can literally do top to bottom in two minutes. Oh wow! And like with the little guys, it's not too steep. If they get out of control, it's over in two seconds. Like that's cool. It's very approachable. That's yeah, there's perfect. something to be said about the small skier, especially for you know. I mean, like you hear about Shawnee. That's another one that, like, mm -hmm. anybody that's learning, I'm like, yeah, Shawnee's not bad. They're like, what do you mean, Shawnee? Oh, it's good for it learning. It does get Let's crowded though. That's the only thing. Those yeah. places when you're learning, like, yeah. so we took our little guy to uh, Mount Southington in Connecticut for the first yeah. time, the week of Christmas, and so we had his little skis, his boots. <laughs> he had i mean it was way more work obviously for me just holding him and carrying because right. he was training he was kind of wanting to sit back for some reason so he was like sitting up and looking at me and i'm like benjamin you have to stand Lean up. forward come on yeah and i'm, I'm kind of yelling i'm not yelling but i'm being like stern with him and you know he's kind of getting it and I, we had the um the ski trainer so the leash with the mm, you know, like yeah the racer chaser yeah so i had that <laughs> and at first he was between my legs and then eventually i was giving him a little bit of leeway and uh yeah. he was starting to get it and by the nice. end I and mean, we all did a couple runs just to kind of get him into it it was kind of a warm day uh but mm. just kind of give him a taste and as we're leaving he's like ski lift again ski lift again <laughs> crying he had like the best time so nice. i, I awesome. can't wait to get him back out there but again like i you know because me and my wife we love it he obviously is going to be growing up loving it but but what you're doing, you know, just showing these kids, because again, they probably didn't have these opportunities. No one was there to show them what's possible. And it must be so cool and rewarding just seeing these kids get it that first time. Have it being like completely scared and clueless to just yeah. getting it. And uh, just it's really cool. Which, like just you fell in love with just over on the over the course of Wednesday, like beginning of the day, like explaining what a binding is and like how to put it on like you gotta go on your tiptoes you gotta stomp really hard on your heel you gotta line it up like you gotta buckle your boots and then by the end of the day like they're going down a hill by themselves That's stopping awesome. which is the really exciting thing stopping <laughs> yeah right going like, is the, the first, easy part right like i don't have kids obviously but it's got to be like teaching your kid to drive or like letting them go do anything like watching them do it the first time like i don't know if you're in control are you okay <laughs> they have to learn to fail that's no exactly yeah 
I think it's, it's good great. too. They get to identify with like, you know, think about them watching the winter Olympics and them saying, I have no idea what they're doing. Like mm-hmm. I never I been on a mountain. What is this? <laughs> yeah. This is a bunch of white people on skis, you know, like what rich white people on skis. It's, that's kind of the old demographic, you know, that's definitely like, at least still, it's still the perception. It's right. definitely changing in reality, but that's still the yeah. perception of the whole sport. And right. that's one thing that we we kind of talked about. We went to the uh, big snow at mm-hmm. the, the Meadowlands when it opened yeah. back in December. And that was one of the things that, that we talked about afterwards was, you know, these kids like living in that area, Hudson County, Bergen County, who never, you know, some of the kids, not the, you know, the wealthy areas, obviously the kids who never had an opportunity who weren't introduced to this, if their mm-hmm. schools t- can take them there. And then in the summertime, these kids training, keep through- doing it. Yeah. 365 on those terrain parks it's available you know? i'm thinking in like 15 years there's going to be some you know slope side really Olympian good kids coming out of here from jersey yeah. yeah yeah no doubt they're gonna have a head start because of that that facility which yeah, is pretty exactly cool. like i i'm even looking forward to going there in the summer i'm not gonna do it when there's actual snow on the ground but yeah. like yeah it's pretty cool training got, purposes <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty nice small but nice yeah. You know what? It was fun. They, the snow was actually really nice. Yeah. They're keeping it at 28 degrees, 365. Okay, perfect. That's their plan. Um, but yeah, it was, they, they, they really went all out on this place and not everything was open when we got there. Cause we were there the first day, but uh, once everything is going to be open and they're going to have this little kind of like apres ski scene down there, Ooh, it's going to be pretty right. fun. And especially like you said, in the summertime, that's going right. to be fantastic. Yeah. I know, I'm and it be- is nice again, like access to the city. Like you can yeah. get on. But like, it's not expensive. It's now geographically viable for people that it was never viable for before. Right. Yeah. And part of their thing too, is, I mean, they rent jackets, pants, everything, yeah. gloves. Full setup. So they really want you to just, yeah, come out there with nothing and we'll completely equip you for the day, which, yeah. which it's is awesome. great. It's almost like a gym workout. Come for two hours. We give you all the stuff and then you change and you, you go back and, that's it. You're done. Do they have showers though? That's really key. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing. I don't did think they? they do. No, I don't think they did. I, probably yeah. not. I feel really weird showering at a ski area. Just hanging out there, just hey, what's up, man? Mm, no. <laughs> Put all the layers back on, please. Yeah, you just get some Purell. You're good to go. Purell. In the mm, shower. Juicy. <laughs> yeah, yummy. For that bus ride home, a nice uh Oh, the air conditioning has broke on the NJ Transit bus. Oh, nice. Ooh, scrumptious. Again. <laughs> mm, that tunnel. Oh, <laughs> so wonderful. <laughs> so I have a question. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the website. It says youth serving organizations. So these are the organizations that I guess have partnered with you. Right. I mean, that's not by any means a full list of the organizations that we work with. It's kind of a sampling Right. Um, I was just curious yeah, those are about ones we've worked with. Michigan and Georgia. So yes. do they bus or, you know, fly people up for that? Or um, I don't like honestly thing? know transportation wise how they get them here. Yeah. But we've had groups in from both of those locations at least last year. I want to say we had the groups from Atlanta two years now. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. They're, I believe they're all school groups from there so it's kind of a lot of what a lot of schools do is use this as a reward either for attendance or behavior or grades or something 
Nice. Um, so it's something for people to work for, something to get them excited about, like going to school in the winter, which is tough <laughs> at the best of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I know we've had like really good results with those groups because again, like especially for kids from Atlanta, like it doesn't, well, the past couple of years it snowed because the winter's been crazy. But, it's still pretty warm like, there though, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't stick around long enough to do anything useful with it. Yeah. Just causes so traffic kind of for like, a few hours, yeah. Yeah, everyone loses their mind, every car explodes, and then <laughs> life goes on as normal. Yeah. Normal day. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a bigger carrot, I guess, for groups from places like that. So if, if you were working with so, if you're working with a youth group and wanted to get to contact your winter for kids, how would people mm-hmm. go about doing that? Um, the best way to do it is just either fill out the form right on our website about partnering up with us or information at winterforkids.org. Someone checks that generally it's me and I'll get you in touch with the right people. So it's winter, the number four kids.org. Correct. Okay. And I know you guys have a big event coming up next month. Yes, we do. It's very exciting. I would be delighted. (laughs) All right. So I don't know how into racing you guys are. But I assume you're familiar with the World Cup, correct? Yeah, a little thing known as the World Cup. Yeah, it's kind of a minor detail in the ski scene, (laughs) but you know. Um, So have you watched some World Cup races? Um, We actually almost qualified for the Hanencom. Oh, snap. All right. We just fell out of the uh the mm-hmm. list. So we crashed out of into the sky, other, probably. So yeah, we broke a lot of stuff. All right. Yeah. So then you guys are familiar with the city events, the parallel slalom crazy night knockout races. Not super no. familiar. All right. So basically what it is is it's the exact same course next to each other. And people literally race head to head. So you can like visually see who's winning. Wow. It's awesome. And it's like basically sudden death. You get two runs against the same person, flip flop courses, just in case to make sure everything's super fair and by the book. And it's basically brackets like March Madness and the best man wins. Wow. That is really So that is the layout for the race we're hosting. That's actually a pretty new kind of it's new to the u.s ski and snowboard organization right it's it's relatively new yes so this style of race at this level of competition has never been hosted in the u.s before it's been held in canada i want to say it's either one or two seasons but we've never had it in the states period oh cool um so it's at the noram level which is the circuit just below the world cup so very very good racers, like a lot of academies. Honestly, we've already gotten some signups from the U.S. national team. Wow, um, very cool. It's a lot of good people are going to come out for this. And it is the first time that a race at this level has been held south of Whiteface, which no is kidding. pretty wow. wild. So it's a huge deal for New Jersey, obviously. East Coast skiing, still pretty big. And it's literally going to put New Jersey on the international map of wow. skiing. Really cool. 
yeah that it's is- gonna be super cool it is completely free to come so what's the date on it do that it is valentine's day it is going to be the most wow. romantic night you could possibly imagine <laughs> it's going to be awesome romance will be in the air everywhere very cool yeah the only thing is you do have to register in advance because we do need a list of everyone who's on site because we will have kids attending so need names um again all of that stuff is on our website show up cool. <laughs> That is so cool. Yeah, you guys Winter, especially show up. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that before. We are we're hoping, I'm hoping to make it over there. Um, cool. Bring so your yeah. little guy. It'll be cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Winter number four kids dot org, and it's right there on the homepage. So you cannot miss it. The big pink button. And, and you're looking volunteers as well for that, right? We are looking for volunteers. So if anybody out there would like to get on some of the same crazy ice as these. <laughs> hardcore skiers this is your chance um volunteering is going to be a pretty cool opportunity because what i like about volunteering at events like this is you get kind of backstage athletes or athlete access so these people that you maybe been like watching or following you actually get to meet them which That's is pretty cool. cool you get to like go through some of the same motions as them, check out what they're doing that they make look super easy and then realize how ridiculously hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's going to be pretty cool. So what are you going to be doing at the event? That is the million dollar question. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, a little bit of everything. definitely kind of a basking in the glow of all these crazy athletes. Um, and making sure it works <laughs> <laughs> that's a big responsibility it, it's going to be a lot i mean i have a background in beer festivals so i'm used to herding cats this is a whole different level of high speed downhill cats but it'll work <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool that it's the first time south of whiteface on the east coast that's that's pretty amazing that that you it's guys pretty huge make that yeah. happen yeah yeah, we're we're super proud of being able to pull this off. I mean, we can't be proud until it's actually happened, but we're going to pull it off. So I can be like a little pretty proud. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys must have been like just planning this for a long time now. So I guess this next month is going to be kind of insane, it's, but it's game time. It's going to be a lot of just a lot, but it's all going to be worth it really soon. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, definitely make it make the trip up. It's not that far from the metro area, right? You can go out no, and your friends. It's super close. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool places in the area to check out. I think there's probably going to be some satellite events happening. I don't have any clear listings on them, but there's going to be some stuff happening. That's cool. And you also take donations, right, for the, uh, the organizations? Yes, we do. Everything's right there on the website. There's a ton of ways to get involved, be it like donating time, sponsoring like certain things. A lot of opportunities. It's good. Very cool. So yeah, winter number four kids.org. All the information is there. First annual Noram Cup. It's right at the top of the page in pink. You cannot miss it. You literally can't miss it. If you Even, do, I'll be really impressed. If you're colorblind, it will just penetrate your 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 <sighs> problem. Your rods and cones will never feel the same. That's how pink it is. It will reach into your soul and make you click it. <laughs> That's right. Super, yeah. Super pink. Super pink. 
So Nelly, anything else? I know we uh, we talked beforehand about your alter ego, which we'll save for another episode. It's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is this well, we is understand so cool. how it goes because this is our alter ego from our main main. That's gigs, fine. So. I've got like, a whole roster of egos. <laughs> Depending on the day, right? One. Yeah, you never know. Never know what you get. It's yeah. good. But no, this is awesome. And, you know, I know you guys are, are put a lot of work into this and, and this is a big focus the next month. So we'll keep it to this. So everyone go to winterforkids.org, get your info, sign up, volunteer. And uh, yeah, we're psyched for you guys and uh, we'll do everything we can to help promote it. Awesome. Yeah. Thank Good you very luck. much, guys. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, it's great finally getting to chat with you uh, on the yes. podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll chat again soon. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Nelly. Talk to you. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview. We have all of our information on the interview, all the links, skibumpodcast.com. Go to her Instagram, instagram.com slash peanut butter Nelly time with an extra E at the end and winter for kids.org. It's the number four winter number four kids.org. Under the ropes. First off. This was cool. I this story was found on Automotive News, and I think a few other media outlets reported on it. Toyota is planning a 175-acre woven city in Japan as a living tech test bed. Huh. And they're doing it at the base of Mount Fuji. So they're going to be testing some cutting-edge technology, autonomous transportation, robotics, artificial intelligence. And again, they're doing this all at the base of Mount Fuji, which is kind now, of crazy. Toyota's been pretty advanced because they had that robot for years, that one, right? Wasn't that Honda, Osimo? Honda had one. I think Toyota, I don't know. Honda had Osimo. Yeah. Which South Park took and made Osimo. Osimo, I remember that. Osimo. <laughs> and the Osimo 3000. <laughs> yeah. So I thought about this and I thought, you know, it's, it's cool that they're doing this, but it got me thinking, imagine if someone did this, you know, kind of, we talked about big snow because we went there a couple of weeks ago and they have this, you know, human controlled indoor ski area. So what if somehow they took this mountain that, Maybe it's impossible to live on it. Maybe the conditions are too harsh. It's too cold. It's maybe in the Yukon Territory, Northern Alaska, inhospitable yeah. area. What if somehow they were able to create this totally controlled city climate, keep it warm, keep it nice, keep it sustainable, and they did it there? Hmm. Because that's, of course, how my brain works when I read any sort of story. I mean, no humans. It's just be robots walking around. How can we make this? How can this be applied to skiing? Ah, that's right. You're you're creating this, like, ski city. Well, unfortunately, though, if you you start making it too automated, then you get rid of jobs like lifties, and then you have, like, a robot... um, you got a robot snow brewery, cat. robot bartender, robot, robot snowcat. There's yeah. like snowcat drivers out of work. You know, like it's good, but you know, let's see what they do. 
the autonomous transportation. So they do have a robot. It's called their Toyota Partner Robot. And then they have the THR3, the humanoid mascot robot. Did you ever see the movie Moon with Sam? Uh, what the hell's his name? Sam Elliott? I don't know. Not Sam Elliott. The other Sam. Sam Donald? Sam, I am. Sam, I am. <laughs> <laughs> you like green eggs and ham, that dude? That guy. <laughs> the dude with the green ham? Sam Rockwell. That's the Sam I'm thinking Sam of. Sam Rockwell. It's pretty much just him. And he's like on the moon and he's just talking to himself pretty much. Oh, nice. I figure I could pretty much see that kind of happening. You're being like this only human being who lives at the base of this mountain with all these robots. Oh, wow. So that's kind of what I thought. Now you got me on Sam I Am because it popped in my head. I'm like, <laughs> did he puke heavily after eating those green eggs and ham? He must have. Why were they green? Like I something. think he puked in a house with a mouse, with a fox in a box. He puked everywhere. <laughs> puked here. He puked there. He puked, <laughs> he puked everywhere. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> guy got so sick. Yeah. Green puke and ham. That's, that's, that's a terrible move. Why would you even entertain <laughs> eating that? Terrible. I thought it was just spinach, bro. Sounds so cute when you're a kid and then you get older, you're like, what the fuck was he doing? Yeah. <laughs> when he eat that green. I don't know. So anyway, so this seems pretty cool. So when are they doing this? They've announced that they're just gonna start doing it now, I think. They're gonna start doing it. It's crazy. It's like side pet money that they're doing this with. It's like it's weird. A prototype town of the future where people live, work, play, and participate in a living laboratory. Dude, they're making Westworld. <sighs> There's a bit of that, isn't making there? Making Japanese Westworld in there. There's going to be like <laughs> <laughs> crazy shit going on there. And yeah. then they're going to get the fucking Boston Dynamics robots and they're going to just freaking kill everybody. <laughs> Those yeah. things are scary as shit. So saying the project is expected to be built in phases with groundbreaking on the first phase stated or slated to start in 2021. So next year. Oh, wow. The, it's funny. The, the picture they have on the, on the news, it looks like Pat Sajak or something shaking hands with some, some dude in a backdrop. Jack Pat Sajak. <laughs> you, you won this trip to Mount Fuji. <laughs> you won the, uh, the showcase showdown. That's, right. that's, that's a different game show, but you know. <laughs> it's just so, it looks so funny. It's like fake background. Like, I don't know. Okay, young Asian accountant, you won. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. We had accountant day on <laughs> accountant week. <laughs> God damn. Oh, so they're saying it's going to be roughly the size of Apple's circular campus. I wonder if they're going to make all the walls glass so people bump into them like, like <laughs> Apple too. Yeah, right. People just, you know, people like cranking down the hallway, just yeah, looking at their phones. <laughs> oh, this would be great. You know, there's got to be YouTubes that they, they try to squash. Like you can't put a YouTube of a colleague bumping into that (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah and how could you apply this and make a laboratory ski town and what would you have in there it's kind of a nice thought experiment Hmm. like if you could build your own synthetic new ski town from the ground up what would you build in there westworld skiing skiing westworld (laughs) right 
It's what it is, right? You're skiing around, doing whatever you want. You can huck off a cliff and not die. That's right. Kind of cool, right? Good triple backflip. But you want to land. Boom. If you uh, snap your neck, you don't die. That's right. I always landed. Yeah. Always landed it. Or you could have, like Westworld, like a, a, an adventure on skis. Like, you got to go chase down the bad guys on skis now. Right? There you go. And you could become, be Bodie Miller. So you're like, on oh, one of his go. downhill runs, like, you're actually like him. Fake people cheering for you and everything. Yeah. Right? That could be pretty cool. Little robot doing the cowbell as you go down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. You want to finish this up? Yeah, the the last one is pretty good. I hate watching any kind of Hollywood awards thing. Ricky Gervais, if anybody doesn't know, hosted the 2020 Golden Globe Award last week. And he did a really good, I think it's a really good, a very brave thing. He came out and basically told everybody to shut the hell up about their political opinions and all their side bullshit and just take their stupid awards and go and go home. <laughs> so uh, it, it's funny because he got a lot of praise from a lot of people and he got a lot of Hollywood backlash uh, from it, you know, saying, you know, what did you think you were doing? Uh, so he's kind of reveling in it now. I saw a follow up story to this that he's kind of just enjoying the bump on Instagram and all the socials that people are talking a lot about him now, which is pretty funny. But yeah, he said stuff like, um, said, you know, nothing about the real world. So uh, he said, you know, so, so well, you so you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, uh, unbelievable Apple, Amazon, Disney, if ISIS started a streaming service, uh, you would call your agent, wouldn't you? <laughs> so kind of called them out for, you know, being disingenuous about stuff. Yeah. I love the next part where he's like, so if you win an award tonight, don't use it as a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thornburg. <laughs> so if you win, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God, and fuck off. <laughs> no one cares about your views on politics or culture. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's awesome. Because again, all these shows, it's just such a like... Like piss into a glass and tell me how delicious it is. It's just a bunch of assholes whose job it is is to be liars, to to be fake people, and have other people who do the same nonsense tell you how great your being a fake person was. Well, you know, and I've heard other actors come out and say that they were actually afraid to say their beliefs because they weren't in the social, popular, you know, view of the rest of Hollywood. So they actually wouldn't express their views because of a type of shaming, you know? And, and that's kind of like, people were like, Oh yeah, you know, that person should shut the hell up. It's like, okay, so now you're going to shame somebody and to not speak in their, their truth, their mind, you know? So it's kind of, it, it gets, I don't know, these shows in Hollywood, they, they get a little bit group thinking. I don't know. They're, they're in a special bubble that they need to realize is a bubble that only they live in. Yeah. And it's not the real world. So, yeah, there was, I mean, Gervais had so many great lines. There's a, there's a lot of shit that he said. He did that, the Jeffrey Epstein jokes and stuff. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) About, uh, 
spoiler alert, season two is on the way of some show, Afterlife. So in the end, he obviously didn't kill himself, just like Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> it says the crowd initially laughed, but groans quickly were heard across the room. He goes, shut up. I know he's your friend, but I don't care. <laughs> you had to make your own way here, your own plane, didn't you? <laughs> uh, oh, God. They said shit about Felicity Huffman with the uh, the scandal. The license plate. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, he said something about his, uh, his date was too old, uh, was too old for him. <laughs> because the movie was so long. <laughs> when was, yeah, the girl he was dating. Like when the movie first started, it was okay. And then by the time the movie was over, because it was so long, she was too old for him. Too old. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, he went on, uh, it was kind of like a, a roast of everybody. <laughs> it was like a celebrity roast. Yeah. It was beautiful. So he did a great job. He made some comment too about the movie Cats, which I guess this article, I don't think it mentioned it. I saw a commercial for that movie and it looked creepy and weird. Well, he talks about, um, I guess, Judy Dench is in it. Ma'am, what is it? Madam or ma'am, whatever the hell her title is. And uh, about her, like, licking her minge. (laughs) 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 And they bleeped out minge. (laughs) Hey, he he didn't even have to write that material. They gave it to him on a platter. Yeah, right. I mean, there's just so much stupidity in there. Yeah. Ugh, it's that cat's movie. Just like looking at stills of it, it looks so weird and awful. Oh, and another thing he said was, uh, "No one cares about movies anymore. No one goes to the cinema. No one watches network TV. Everyone's not watching Netflix. This show should just be, be, uh, just be me coming out going, well done, Netflix. You win everything. Good night.' <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, he made a joke saying Dame Judy Dench defended the film saying it was the role she was born to play because she he's like, I can't do this next joke. He goes because she likes nothing better than plunking her ass down on the carpet lifting her leg and licking her own minge. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Oh, uh, that's so funny. But the best part is you gotta just like going to read the stupid comments after it's like people just want to add their two cents and it's like all right i guess you're that incensed about what he said to these hollywood actors i guess well let's think too like you know you have like leonardo dicaprio talking about like climate change it's like have you done any research there leo do you know anything about meteorology or the history of climate or cycles of the earth or the carbon um, like Carbon He's like, yes, I played history. a guy that knew about that and that yeah. lived his I, life about it. I have no idea why anybody would listen to these assholes about anything. Dude, it's like Tropic Thunder. That's perfect. Tropic Thunder is, is what it's like. Yep. <laughs> that may go down in history as the best movie ever made. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Because no, it can't be done anymore. I mean, a yeah. lot of that stuff that's done in that movie cannot be done anymore. Go full retard. Yeah. You can never go full retard. <laughs> I was talking to Andrew about Blazing Saddles recently. There's yeah. the one line where he's like, uh, where they're recruiting all the bad guys at the end. He goes, "What do you? Uh, what did you get busted for?" He's like, "Rape, murder, arson, and rape." You said rape twice. I like rape. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't do that anymore. People would get all freaked out, and they'd have to change the line. And oh, Blazing Saddles is a great movie, though. 
<laughs> it's a great movie. It's hilarious. You, you watch it again and you're like, oh, I forgot how funny this was. Funny and inappropriate. And it's funnier now because people accept the inappropriate humor easily now. But back mm-hmm. then it was just like, holy crap, what are they saying? Like, yep. what are they joking about? Almost every, Brooks was a genius. Almost every other line, you're like, like looking at it now <laughs> in this like highly sensitive, silly bitch era we live in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People would be crying watching that movie. <laughs> Play it like in Central Park, like movies in the park, blazing. Yeah, Saturday. right. <laughs> Freaking. Ah, uh, it's crazy. Imagine if they remade it now, how terrible it would be. Uh, it would be, yeah, it would just be horrible. Politically correct Blazing Saddles. Well, the um, the guy from Family Guy did that one. Uh, how to, what, A Thousand Ways to Die in the West? Oh, right, right. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane. That was kind of Blazing Saddles-ish. It was, it was, was it really? Yeah, it was good. If you've never seen it, it's, it's funny. It's stupid, funny humor. Uh, it reminded me of uh, Dumb and Dumber, but in the Wild West. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, huh. it's pretty good. I may have to check he's it out then. He's in that with like Charlize Theron. Right. It's like, how did he get these actors? But it's like Ted. You watch Ted and you're like, it's pretty funny. I think that's, uh, we've extended our mental capacity for a, a podcast here. Yeah, we started late. This is a long one. This is a late one, but it's been a while since we got out here. So we're excited and it was a lot of fun. And I know Mario, uh, a big happy birthday to you next week. Thank Have you. a fantastic time in Italy. We cannot wait to hear about it. We actually have a podcast that will be coming out next week. Don't you worry, people. Don't um, you worry. Don't you fret. Yeah, me and Andrea actually recorded one in the car coming back from Sugarbush a couple nice. weeks ago. So we're finally going to release that one. That one should be should be pretty fun too. Which is um, good. That's a recap of your Sugarbush uh, trip, right? Yeah, recapping our Sugarbush trip. It was a, a great time. Hope to get back there. So we'll with Johnny again and a whole bunch of people. Like, yeah, we we ski with some people. Yeah, this was a. I'm telling you, 2019 was it was a very transitional year. Like things. Things definitely turned up in a cool direction for the old podcast. Yeah. So it was more towards the end of it, but I tell you, it was good. A lot of good work at the beginning and then it all paying off at the end. Starting to, it's starting to all pay off now. So uh, yeah, it was a fun trip and we had a great time. So that'll be coming out next week. But Mario, have a fantastic trip to Italy. We cannot wait to hear about it. Posting a lot. Posting. That's my plan right now. We'll see. So what you should do is you should follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ski Bum Podcast. Or just go to SkiBumPodcast.com to get all the info there. Thank you so much for listening. Please go to your favorite podcasting app, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. We are there. We are Ski Bum Podcast. We're also there on YouTube, Pinterest. Pinterest. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We're all over the place. I got pinning. You got to get to pinning. Have an awesome trip. Thank, Thank you. you, everyone, for listening. And you'll definitely get a podcast next week, but uh, we'll be back together in a couple of weeks. Stay high, stay fluent. See ya.